the first main, I, I mean, that flat tire, you know, probably cost me like 10 grand or something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which for me, I would like, I could use that. Yeah. But that kid has so much talent. Like, like you, you just coming so from, coming like from this guy that, I mean, I'm going to go home and be giddy for like, <laughs> week, I mean, I'll, I'll say this though. Obviously you should not be taking people out when you're getting lapped. Obviously <laughs> I just well, you felt like I needed to let them know to stop messing. What's up, guys? It's James Stewart, your boy, and we here on Bubba's World, Episode 9. As always, I got my boy Roger here. It's finally, you don't see him a lot, but you see him, you know where we're at on the podcast because you see him, but it's good to see you back, Roger. Good to be back. Yeah, this last month, it was kind of weird seeing someone else sitting in my in my seat, but uh, you and Kenny did a good job. Yeah, that's right. We yeah. had a little German fellow over there yep. breaking all the news in the world. Yep. And, and then so, of course, y'all know Cole. Cole Beach. Cole Beach over here. Got my boy Cole. We got a special guest in the house. And y'all know who this dude is. Always talk about him when we're doing the recap show. Y'all might know him from over here at the Bubba's World Crew as Smooth Criminal. <laughs> but Justin Bogle's in the house. Welcome, Justin. Thank you. Thank you. I feel like uh, I finally made made it, made it something out of my life. You know, I made it on <laughs> Bubba's World. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I, yeah, I know you're just giving me credit, with, but nah, man, it's great to have you on. Right where it's due, always. So you just got back from the World Supercross, right? Yep, um, just got back. A little jet lag, a little tired. Yeah, yeah I was going to ask you, how you, how you feeling? You, you good? Uh, you know, I'm tired. But yeah, same. It's all right. After this, I'm headed out to the compound to uh, go put my bike together and get ready to ride this week because I am rider, trainer, mechanic. Put the mechanic uh, hat on? All that. Yeah. Wait, 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 what? Yeah. I know how to tighten a chain. I can, I can, <laughs> I can do some stuff. I still don't know how to tighten the chain. I bro. don't enjoy it. <laughs> I, I, I promise you, I don't enjoy it. Jeez, man, that's commitment right there. Uh, so over in the, uh, so you just moved down to the, the 83 compound. Like how long you been there for? Yeah, I moved down there um, halfway through Supercross in 21. So okay. I came down and stayed with Burner for a little bit. I was going to test and do some stuff. And first day down there, I was like, hey, man, can I, they got a spot. Like, can I move here? Like, this place is amazing. And I, uh, I was struggling a little. I needed something to get myself back on track. So yeah, I pretty much the way I operate is I just make my mind up quick and just do it. So in like a week, I drove my truck with a U-Haul trailer down with a few things and got an apartment and just been here ever since. I actually, I really enjoy it down here, man. I like this area of Florida. Not too many places I felt like I could stay and live, but yeah. I like you. Yeah, that's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah, you seem like uh, the Florida life, like I, I felt like when you come down here, it's always... I mean, the reason I actually moved away from the compounds because it feels like it's training and you're you're focused on it. But you get over to Orlando and that area, like I mean, it's still chill and it's a lot different than California. Like when I went out there for the TV stuff, and out, I'm like, yeah, I don't it's remember still country, that. Yeah. It's, it's still country. I like that. You know, where I'm from, it's like a town of like yeah. seven thousand people, middle of middle of Oklahoma. So for me, driving to the track some days, if there's any traffic, it's like there's a tractor on the road. You know yeah. what I mean? I like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. Mechanic trainer, like you, what you're on KTM, right? Uh, KTM, yeah, the KTM team. I think it was with, and the 250. Yeah, on the 250. Are you planning on doing that for next year or just as of right now? Yeah, I'm gonna do the World Supercross thing again next year. Okay, I'm enjoying it on the 250, man. I had some other offers to do some other stuff, and I was just kind of, 
I don't know if I was getting a little bit burnt out or just with my results this last year, handful of years, I've been, it's been tough to keep motivated to do it. So when this stuff came up, it was different and a little bit exciting, you know, a little variety is good for you. Spice of life. Yeah. Spicing's up a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I mean, not just cause you're on here. I always used to watch you and I'm like, that kid has so much talent. Like, like Thank you, you just coming so from, coming like from this guy that, I mean, I'm going to go home and be giddy for like, <laughs> no, I, and I mean that like, it was just always, you know, injuries and stuff. And I'm like, dude, when you watch him like style wise, like, I'm like, your style is like legit. Like the, the smooth criminal wasn't just because you took that dude out at, uh, <laughs> at oh, Salt Lake city. No, it's because like, just the way you ride, like the, the swag and stuff. And, and, um, yeah, I never really, I'm, I'm actually glad you're here. Cause I wanted to like, kind of ask you, you know, what's been going on, like what's been kind of holding you back. Cause when I, like the talent you got and the things that I do, I'm like, there's no reason why this dude shouldn't be up there battling, like up there for wins and like at least podiums. And so it always wonder, I was always wondering like, you know, what was it like, what's kind of holding you back a little bit because it ain't skills. It ain't that. Well, first off, thank you. But yeah, I mean, the one thing I've never doubted in my life, I've had issues with all kinds of stuff. The one thing I've never doubted is my ability on a motorcycle. I've worked very hard at it, but I, I know some of us just, you know, got some God-given talent. And I know that uh, I don't, I don't take that lightly. You know, I don't want to take that for granted and not use it. But yeah, my career was a roller coaster yeah. just to say the least. So me and Roger were talking earlier before we got on air here. I think without all the injuries, yeah, maybe different story. I turned pro thinking I was going to win everything, but yeah. it definitely didn't work out that way. I got one, two fifty title in supercross and only a handful of wins. So didn't work out how I had hoped or planned, but man, I had big injuries pretty much every year since I turned pro, like yeah. multiple one or two surgeries a year, big stuff. So it was a struggle. always trying to fight back from that stuff. I yeah. think it helped develop, I guess, like a, like a mental strength because I was generally able to, when the lights came on, I'd qualify terrible. I'd be whatever, but when the lights would come on, I'd be able to find that place and, and be able to rip a start and see what happens, you know? Yeah. So still, yeah. still riding on that, man. Hopefully get back, uh, get back up on my feet here. I'm, I'm feeling, feeling good. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it was, was it Indy this year? Indy, one of the races or Detroit, yeah, one Indy, of Detroit, when he's talking about his, the, the skills in there, I mean, he pulled a whole shot and we were talking about it. Like you go back from like whatever start, you know, you kind of where you're at. And he pulled a whole shot and it looked like you belong up front, you know? So I think the whole questioning your stuff, I'm, I'm pumped to hear you like say that because I, I kind of feel the same thing. I'm like the injuries, I know what it did for me in 2005, like when I was going through with that Ricky and how, how long it took me, um, to like recover. And it wasn't even because of injury. It was just cause it was the first time I was getting beat like the roller coaster and, and losing and trying to deal with that. And it took me a couple of years to get back, even though I might've been winning races, but it wasn't for a while, um, to get back on my level. So you pulling the, you know, the start at, at Detroit, like, and watching you like do your thing and you blown up there. Like, I think that's the part that like should give you hope. And, and I'm not sugarcoating. I'm like, dude, like uh, the, the kid's legit, like he, he's legit. And so even when you were out there, you wasn't holding those cats up, like, you know, maybe things started happening quick, but you were there on there. And then, you know, the, the next weekend and stuff like 
I just think it, it's all there for you. So I'm like pumped. And I think you can hear your commitment about, you know, you're your own mechanic and you're doing this stuff, moving back to Florida. Like, you know, a lot of this stuff, like you, you have to have a change. And I think I told Ken that when he was here, I'm like, dude, your biggest weapon right now is to change everything. Yeah, but you were saying that even during Supercross. Yeah, I was we, telling you. We had those conversations. Yeah, I'm like, I don't think anything, like you can do all this stuff, new, whatever it is, like this kid needs to see something different and it needs to be a big change. So I think for you, like, it's probably not a, um, coincidental that, you know, you move and, and you get back and then you, you get up front, you're running up there and you just look like you belong. So that's cool. I hope you keep going, buddy. Thank you. A little gift and a curse sometimes, you know, cause I, I do feel like I belong up there still, even if I do terrible yeah. all the time throughout a season when I'm up there, it feels normal. But like a lot of us, you know, you grew up your whole life winning pretty much everything. Win a bunch of amateurs, you turn pro, you win some stuff. And that feels more normal than messing around mid-pack, you know, leaving the weekend just pissed off because you did terrible and nobody being happy. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's a gift and a curse because sometimes you can get yourself in some trouble by trying to do too much too soon, which I think yeah. when I turned pro and I was young, I think that was a lot of it. I think I just uh, expected a lot out of myself. And when it wasn't coming quickly, I would push the limit a little too far. Yeah. So yeah, at this point, um, I, I whole shot a couple races this year. I led a few laps, but even still I pulled off after that round, just pissed man. Cause like, yeah, I went back. I think I ended up like eighth and a couple guys crashed out. So it was not ideal, but I really struggled this year, especially like monumentally more than I had in the past. As far as like just setup wise or just mentally kind of yeah. And I mean, I didn't get on a bike until I rode a bike like once before going to Bercy and then struggled to get stuff to train on at home. Yeah. And I changed a bunch of stuff. I hired some new people training wise, nutrition wise, all that stuff. And I just wasn't prepared at all, you know? And, and I, I mean, it's not a secret. I love the team I rode for. The HEP guys are amazing. I spent probably more time with them at this, uh, at this race in Cardiff than I did with anyone else. Yeah. They're great people, but it's not a secret that Suzuki's tough. You know, that, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's tough, man. And that thing I retired me a couple of times. So I'm uh I'm glad to have a fresh start and just do something I can be competitive again. I wasn't sure what I was gonna do, if I was gonna keep racing or what. But this gives me a chance to go out there and you know, scratch that itch and be competitive and yeah, have a goal and have something to work for. Cause I like waking up and being able to to do my job, you know. I I know it looks like I mess around a lot, but I, I take this stuff serious. So, yeah, I mean, you, you wouldn't be able to, you can't not take it serious and, and still do, you know, what you're doing. Like there's, there's works in there. There's work being done. So you can clearly see that. And I think, you know, again, I, I kind of, we got different backgrounds and how we came up and stuff, but like, I, I sympathize and I kind of understand a little bit like what you're, you're going through, like, and for me, like just when I was struggling, like it was, you know, where you belong and you would get like a taste of that. Like you say, pull a whole shot and you're like, dude, I feel like I'm belong here. But then you end up like, you know, eighth or whatnot. And, you know, all I can say is like, though, that's a win, you know, like there's the baby steps. Like I was just pumped at one point to get back and like lead a couple laps at a heat race again. And then I get a heat race victory. And I'm like, yeah, all right. Now it's like, let me get a whole shot and let's see how long I can lead a main event. And then it wasn't until I was able like winning at all that, that I was able to actually finally like win. And so, um, but for a while it was like, I was pissed that I was up front and then went backwards instead of realizing like for 
that was a win. I'm back up front now. Like, okay, now it checks off one bike um, box. I know I'm fast again. Like I can do that. Like, and I think for you, like it's, um, you know, you're, you're doing the right steps and I wouldn't get, this is what you want to do, which it sounds like you, you can, and I'm not BS and you got the skills to do it. And just the, the wins could be in other people's eyes, they could be losses, but a wins is the whole shot. A win is something that you can like, yeah, all right, that lets me know I still got it on there. And then you just got to figure out the rest and, and you will. That's the hard part too, is when you're in it and you're the racers, I mean, you know, you're not happy with anything, but winning or being up front, being on the podium, all that. But it is funny. It's crazy to even hear that someone like yourself, having done all that you've done, people don't understand that like, even you struggled with that at times, you know, which is confidence is such a crazy thing. Like you can't buy it because if you could, We'd figure out a way to buy that stuff, man. Mm -hmm. It would be nice to be able to get it. It's so hard to get it, but it's so easy to lose it. Oh, yeah. So easy to lose it. And even if you've won like you had won your whole life where, dude, I remember being at an amateur race and seeing, hearing the announcer announce, I'm like on a 50, that you were going like seven seconds faster than the A class or the 250 A class whenever you were just getting on big bikes. And it it's crazy because the fans and people don't understand that James Stewart you have a couple of, you have a bad year, you start struggling with it too, which is crazy to hear. Even for someone like myself, who I grew up watching and trying to emulate the people that I looked up to like yourself and thinking that you guys were superheroes and like the, all the fans do think that you don't deal with no problems and you ain't got no issues and you just, you're the man and you're Superman and that is what it is. But it's, uh, it's nice to kind of humanize the superstars and be like, okay, they, they do have similar issues that we have. And here's kind of how they worked through it to get past that, to get back there. Cause that's what champions do. You deal with your problems and you, you know, get back to where you belong. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. And dude, it's that when I say like on the rewind, we're mental midgets. Like I I'm not joking like on that. And I think that's why, like I enjoy watching um, the races and, and, picking away like body language and then I talk about stuff because I actually been there. Like I, I know when a guy passes a guy like that, like what is he trying to accomplish when a guy's like riding the way it is, like when Ken was doubling through the whoops in Anaheim, like I, I know what that is. And it's not you can't go through the whoops. It's it's a bigger battle. So um, you know, that two two thousand five, it 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 kicked my ass, really. Like it it took me literally um into 2007 on there and i won a bunch of races in between then and then the same thing happened on the yamaha um you know it was like two years and it wasn't until 2014 after i got off the yamaha in 12 that it i was like okay which is crazy to think yeah and, all the stuff that you've done bef- up uh, to that point you're and, still it's crazy to think yeah every i mean every race and to my last race i was always like questioning like whether i can like do it or not i and, do think though that's part of what makes greats great is you never settle and it, you never fully drink the Kool-Aid on yeah. yourself and believe the hype. Cause if you did, you'd stop working, stop trying to find whatever that 10th of a percent is to yeah. get back up there, yeah. which, and it, it's funny too. Cause somebody like yourself who was so much better than your competition, most of your career, when the bike isn't working right, when a few things are not lined up, right. It's still really difficult to make it oh, work you oh, know? Yeah, yeah. at the highest level. Yeah it's so hard to to do it right when you don't have bike set up right. If your training's a little bit off, if you had a little injury, 
that's what's really crazy about anything at the highest level. Yeah. Yeah. Someone like yourself still struggling to win titles because the bike doesn't work for you. Yeah. And, and I would say even now, even more than ever, like the bikes and riders, there's no secrets. Everybody has a facility. Everybody has like a pretty decent bike. Most, you know, (laughs) most of them. Um, and a bike definitely, no matter how good you got, if you hire Eldon Baker, like it does not matter if you don't have a bike and and a a full program, like you're not going to win as simple as that. I think all of us have done it where like I, if I get my bike set up correct or, maybe hop on something else or whatever. I can drop two seconds. Yeah. Like quickly just because the bike's better because you can push it a little bit more everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's huge. It adds up. Yeah. And it is. And that's why I'd say when you're coming back and not to harp on this, that's why I say the little things like it's, it's mainly for you, you know, like the little wins on there, the, the, for you to figure out and you to feel like, okay, I'm, I'm taking the right steps and maybe the results don't get there. And the results will come like at once you start feeling that way and you're like, okay, I'm doing the right thing. Like, I feel like, all right, if I had the setup, like I can win. I just show it like I have speed to myself. Then the team, then all everybody else that elevated, but it, it's like the, you, you can't get frustrated on the results. And I think that's where I'm at in life now and why I enjoy life. Um, and I didn't enjoy life as much as I did when I was racing is because I got fat, you know, like after I retired, I got fat as hell. And then it was like, I looked in the mirror one day. I was like, dude, I'm 200 pounds. Like what happened? Um, but like now to be honest, I just don't care. Like I enjoy, I don't want to, I don't want to argue with people. I don't want to, I don't have no urges to, to have some animosity. Like I enjoy and look at life, like through a vision of like, it's positive. Like it's just fun. So when I'm um, doing the recaps and like talking to people, like I enjoy like doing that. Cause it's, it's like, I'm, I, I get a chance to help and be like, dude, like if I wish I could think like this, like I would be a bad dude if I was racing, if I can have the same mindset, but you know, just to give you a little confidence, like you're, you're doing the right stuff, man. Just Thank you. Thank let you. the little wins come. And, and like I said, they'll, they'll be there. They'll sure. be there. Sure. But as yeah. rough as this season was, you were still able to get a two year deal with MDK, right? Yes. Yep. I uh, got a two-year deal for the World Supercross Series, which was really cool. Like I said, I had some other options, but I liked the whole vibe of the MDK thing and and the guys that I'd met with. And I mean, the gear looks cool. Everything looks cool. Like my setup looks nice. The bikes are cool. They're all white. And I just like that whole thing. And I like the opportunity to do something a little different and ride a 250. And I think that a 250 fits a stadium better. I think it fits the tracks better. From my experience riding it, it's just a little more controllable on a supercross track. You know, 450, you got a little twitch with the wrist and you're going to quad a rhythm on accident. You know what I'm saying? So that catch you slipping if you're not fully focused the entire time. So the plan is to 250 next year as well? Yeah, as of right now, which I'm excited about, you know, and I I think I had like four days on a on the bike before I went to Cardiff. So four days on supercross on a 250 which I hadn't ridden in like seven years. So I actually kind of felt better than I expected. Once I got there, I felt pretty good. I'm like, oh, all right. I can, yeah, you look good. Yeah, it's, it's fine. Felt qualified fastest, right? First, the first free practice I was yeah. fastest and I was like, oh, okay, cool. I didn't really, you know, I wasn't really going out to set any land speed records, but felt nice. It was a nice little boost. And then, you know, decent qualifying from there. And then whole shot won the heat race. So felt good. Had some issues in the mains, but you know, 
It's all good. I like the, the, the old school number. That was kind of cool. Yeah, that was cool. I actually, I tried to get 19. It's been my number for a long time, but some other guys had it. So, uh, they'd already gone through everything. So they, I could, they couldn't change it. And I was like, mm-hmm. you know what, actually this makes it cooler. I'm gonna run 891. Like it's, yeah. you know, like I grew up running and I was thinking that same thing. I'm like, is that where that's what we do? But yeah, 259 would be cool. Yeah. What is, um, how do you say your Instagram like name? Chief Luke. Okay. All My right. middle name's Lucas. Okay. All right. That's cool. So when you say do world supercross, are you like, is that where you're racing at like next year? Like, or you're planning on doing the States or what? How's it? Well, I got no plans. Like I didn't actively try to get a ride for us supercross yeah after i stopped racing outdoors yeah so this deal came up super late like i was at loretta's helping out my brother-in-law mm-hmm. ethan lane and talked to some people and once i got back i started figuring it out and i was like all right yeah i'd, I'd like to do it it was yeah. super last minute oh that's when all that happened was, was yeah, around loretta's. yeah. so i'd had that. some other offers for different teams before that but i just wasn't sure if i wanted to do it and then this came up and i was like all right yeah yeah i'm, I'm into it i'd like to do it so with that being said, I, I'm not bitter or jaded at all about my career. What happened? Like it is what it is. You know, I've tried my best, you know, yeah. whatever I accomplished is what it is. And I'm fully at peace with that, but I don't want to keep riding for very little money Yeah, and not on a good bike and good program, yeah. like on a factory team. Cause I mean, I mean, we, me and Roger talked about it earlier, but I've been lucky because I didn't spend a lot of money when I was doing well. Yeah. So I've been all right for the last few years, but you're just blowing through your savings if you're doing it right. Yeah. You got to pay for a compound, trainer, nutritionist, mechanic, mechanic, all that stuff, right? So this is kind of nice because it's it's low pressure, low stress. If I take if I go and ride during the morning and then I take all afternoon to get my bike ready for the next day, like it's fine. Yeah. So yeah. no worries, you know? So kind of moving at my own pace, which makes it enjoyable because I kind of like to do that. I, I mean, I'm pretty notorious for being late to most things and <laughs> running on my own time. So, uh, punctuality is not my strong suit, but you know, God's working on all of us. Nobody's perfect. <laughs> You're good today. <laughs> we were the late ones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice change of pace for me. Yeah, lots going on in Bubba's world. Love it. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm just enjoying it, man. I'm having fun and working on my own bike and doing all that. It just kind of it reminds you if, if you don't love this stuff like I do, I you ain't going to do it. Man. I was about to say that. You right ain't going to do it at That's all. Cause trust me, it sucks. Yeah. And being down here in Florida, I was out there trying to do, cause the, the race format is pretty diff. It's interesting and it's difficult because it's such a quick turnaround with these world series races. So I'm out there trying to do these, you know, six lap, five minute break, six lap, five minute break, 10 lap. And it's like a hundred degrees out there. And I'm like, dude, I'm going to die. <laughs> Dude, that's gangster. Luckily, when we got to, you know, I only did that like once or twice. Don't get me wrong. I didn't, I didn't get that many days on the bike. But once I got to the race, it's was like, oh, it's nice and cold in here. Like, all right, I'm oh, going to be better off day. now. Yeah. I'm going to be better off. And so it was fine. Yeah. I always say like, you live in Florida. You'd be like, you can be 100 degrees here. But you go to the race and it's like 85. You're like, dude, it's so hot. Like, you're not prepared for it. It's always hotter. Uh, <clears throat> like, it's always worse when you go to the race. But I think that's, I mean, that's that's cool. I, I appreciate that. And I think, again, like you said, if you didn't, if you didn't love it, like you'd be out. No. Yeah, you're not going to do all that. Yeah. Anymore. And especially with a, the, the career, the singing. You've, like, been, you've been babied your whole life. Like all of us have, we've all been like, just someone's done everything. Yeah. You know, you never had to work on a bike, you know? Yeah. You, you and never, I don't know how, I don't know how. And I, I hate, I hate to say it. Like I, I even, I was like, if I got to work on my bike, I probably should 
be done. Like I probably should quit. Like I don't know, and I still don't know how. Like kids, they want to chain tight. You better take it to Papa. Yeah, like it, you bring it to the combo. The thing was smacking the other day. And I'm like, I don't even. I, sorry, buddy. Like it's not that I don't want to. I just don't know how to. So, and I ain't paying nobody to do it. So, um, but that's cool. So the whole like overall, like the world Supercross, I guess pretty like it. How much different is it compared to like here? Like the just the atmosphere, the whole setup is the the paddock kind of the layout for it it was actually i mean it was quite a bit different it was fun though it was it was different in a good way it it the vibe felt more like we were at bercy or or genoa or somewhere like that doing those yeah. races which are always so fun because the fans are so excited to see you yeah the environment's cool it doesn't feel as high strung as going you know you go to the first round it's like if i went to anaheim one and did this like I did this weekend. That would have been the end of the world. Oh man, I would have come yeah. back fighting somebody, throwing stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah. So it was nice to have that. And maybe a little bit of that is maybe me maturing a bit and being older and not letting the little stuff stress me out as much. Like the first main, I I mean, that flat tire, you know, probably cost me like 10 grand or something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which for me, I would like, I could use that. Yeah. But what are you going to do? You know what I mean? Get mad about it, cry about it, or just, you know, move on. It is what it is. Play so. Moves. It was, I mean, it was fun, man. It's a little different. Actually, you were probably wondering, do I have enough time to change this thing? Yes, yes. I was actually like, dude, I don't, I, I thought, first off, I'm like, all right, well, there's my night, I'm done. Yeah. Because I don't know if I even got time to get back to the gate. Luckily, my mechanic this weekend was Neil Prince. My first time meeting him, he was awesome. Got it handled, got it sorted, back on the gate. So it was good. I didn't do much with it that second main, but you know, I was out there. <laughs> Yeah, we're watching the highlights right here. Hey, the thing was, is I got two flats this weekend. That's great. And both of them have, I both went fully flat right before the finish. Lucky for me, because I would have done a 540 McTwist, <laughs> Tony Hawk Pro Skater 4, if I would have hit that finish line with a flat. So it's, it reminds me of like when I blew my ACL out when I was training with Eldon, remember? Like, so the, uh, I actually think it was the first year, maybe the first year with Eldon. So at boot camp, last day of boot camp, it was on my birthday actually, and we're out. We he wanted to do a twenty five minute moto or twenty five lap moto, and um, so we do a heat race. I get a flat tire. I'm like, all right. So we go out for the, the twenty five lap. Halfway through it, flat tire, and I'm like, Eldon, I think this is a sign. Like, you know, <laughs> two flat tires. Like, what's going on? He's like, Nah, mate, we got to do it. So this is after three and a half weeks of like training. It's it. Like, we only got ten laps left. You got to finish it, mate go out front flat blew my knee out and then so yeah that was in um 2007 first year we got so i just like you know there's signs there's signs of, of certain things so when you're sitting here talking about like a, a getting flat tires and stuff it just brought up that my knees start hurting over here so and, and <laughs> yeah. that hey that stuff too man like none of this stuff scares me like there's been times with injuries where it's kind of scared me a bit yeah you know but none of this stuff scares me because i trust myself yeah a hundred percent. But as you see this weekend, like with guys like bike issues and things happen, it's a motorcycle, it's, it's a machine. And when things like that happen, it's always hard to take because you don't mess up. You don't do anything wrong. Still end up with like a big one, you know? And usually when the bike goes, you're getting hurt worse. Yeah. And I think that's why like fans don't understand. And that's why they always go like, well, I mean, why don't you just do like, get a bike, throw it in the truck and go race. Like, you know, part yeah, of like yeah, yeah. one, the cost of it, but two, exactly what you just said. Like, Supercross is a different animal too. Yeah, it can get you so quick. Yeah. You got to have like, you got to have a factor ECU. You got to have 
I mean, especially if you're doing it yourself, mechanic, all these different things. So I think Chad and JG kind yeah, of showed it, that this week, past weekend. No, nah, and seriously. So there's one aspect of like to really compete at this level, you got to have a team. Like you got to be on one of the factory teams to compete, to at least go out and do where you want to be long, belong and you belong. You can be up front. So to do that, you got to have a team. But besides that, like, it's dangerous. It's like, not even safe to yeah. do it unless everything's buttoned up properly for supercross. Like outdoors, outdoors you can you can get away with a lot more. You can have little mental lapses and concentration because there's more room to mess around. Like supercross, it's every five feet there's a jump, Correct. there's something coming up. So no. even outdoors, like when I stopped racing this summer, I was just helping coach Ethan and doing some things, and I was just riding one of his old bikes with stock suspension, stock everything. And I was riding really good outdoors, but you try to take that yeah, on yeah. A, a situation like that, an old bike, practice bike, someone else's old stuff. It's not fully prepped correctly and try to ride supercross and you're just, you're asking for it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Bike cuts out, change yeah, brakes. And it happens too quick. So, um, just switching subjects a little bit. What was, well, speaking more about what you said outdoors, like what was the the reason for the outdoors? Like what was your, your main reason to, you know, pulling, I wouldn't say pulling out, but yeah, I mean, I, um, so I'd had a pretty gnarly year, just like personally, like yeah. just some stuff going on. And, uh, one of my best friends passing away, like I was living with him at the time. So it was, sorry, that, that was rough. Thank you. It was tough to mentally pull myself back together and then try to go race it next weekend yeah. and then keep going. And I'm doing really, really bad. Yeah. Like I'm not doing good at all. I didn't even make the main at a one. Like it was going so bad. So I just was struggling and I think just emotionally and mentally more so than anything else. And I, like I said before, I was really struggling with setup and I was, I was driving myself nuts, man. I, I knew every dimension of the bike and every dimension of every <laughs> other bike. Like I was like trying to figure it out myself, yeah. you know, and just asking everyone I could think of questions and went outdoors. And I just, I just struggled so bad. I was barely even scoring points and i'm like dude this just ain't me i i can't do this to myself because uh man i've been competitive my whole life yeah to not even be remotely competitive was just like too much to even take so um i pulled off at hangtown and i told the guys like look i love you guys but you need to give this bike and this opportunity to somebody else because i i can't do it and maybe someone else can so they got to fill in and he actually he got better results than i did this summer so was good and like I said I love those guys they're awesome so I was happy to see that and I, I didn't want to leave them in a bind and um, kind of put them in a weird spot with me quitting essentially so it was nice that they got that figured out and everything was all good and we still got a good relationship but yeah for me I just dude I needed a break I wasn't sure if I was going to retire that was my first thought was like all right man I, I lost it I ain't got it no more something yeah and then uh, it's the first time I'd ever really felt that where I was like Maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm, maybe I am washed up, man. Maybe all these gray hairs mean something. <laughs> so I was like, man, I don't know. So, but then, like I said, I started riding just whatever, whoever let me borrow whatever at home. And I was riding pretty good, man. I was going fast. So I'm like, all right, I, I could still do this. If something came up, like, yeah, well, I'll, I'll do it. Right. I mean, seriously, does that not sound familiar? A little bit, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It's the same. I mean, Justin, same story as I had in 2012 when I was sitting on that damn hay belt. And it was the it was the only time that like I actually had that thought where I'm like like maybe 
this is it. Like, I mean, maybe, maybe I don't have it. Like I was just trying so everything crazy. and like so crazy. went back to the team, told them like, dude, I hate to do this. I love you guys. You guys are coming down here Mondays and, and testing, driving at the race on Saturday, driving down here. We tried everything, but I'm to a point where I'm done. Like I'm done. I can't do it. So even if we like, you know, we can keep trying and all that, but like now it's to a point where I, I stop believing on there and no matter what you do, it's ain't going nowhere. And so I, I feel bad. It feels like you're quitting, but it's like you're, you're taking a, you're quitting because like you, you're, you're, un, you're telling them like you, like, look, we, I can't do it. Like we can't do it, whatever reasons why. So you're trying to be a man about it. But then it's like some people get bummed, like you quitting on them. And you're like, no, it's because I care so much is why I'm like coming to tell you. But yeah, yeah I didn't know that was the case with, with yeah. yeah, which with that's tough deal. because I mean, there should, there's some nobility in that, right? Like yeah, yeah, hmm, because sure. to be able to look in the mirror and be like, yo, I don't have it right now. Like you guys, but you could milk it. Yeah. I could have milked it yeah. and raced all summer and just done and terrible. You could have done, you could have milked it too. But I mean, what's the point in that we're racers and ultimately we don't think and dollars and cents, man. We ain't got no cents to begin with. So we, we're <laughs> well, thinking, I was thinking all the dollars he was in on the table. Everyone else yeah. is. Yes. But we're thinking I can't win. Why am I doing this? Yeah. I can't be competitive. Like for me, I didn't win much. I won a handful of races and that's it. But at least being competitive. I mean, if you can't do that, it's so hard to do all the work that you're going to do and you're not going to half-ass it because you don't want to do that. So you're going to go. And you still got to look those guys in the eyes when you, you know, when you come And it doesn't feel good to see everyone doing all the work they're doing. Like you said, the team was coming down, bringing the semi, bringing the whole crew down, trying to get things sorted, trying to work on the bike, doing all they could do. So they're doing everything they can, but I got to pull off the track still after getting 15th and be like, that's all I had here. And that's tough because then no one's happy. No one's enjoying it. It's a lot of work for no reason, it feels like. Yeah. I mean, and that's, if I'm honestly, that's, you're a rider I want to hire because of that. And I think like, you know, you are, we were doing it. I mean, I, 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 I lost millions of dollars and then not even just racing. It was after the whole stock car. I was, I was still probably, yeah, I'd be Bubba Wallace right now up in there <laughs> doing donuts and victory lane in NASCAR. And it was like. All I was thinking about, like, I love racing and I, if I can't win, like, yeah, I know what I'm walking away from, but like, I can't sleep at night, like, like doing this and could have milked it. And there's guys out there with Ross that's milking it, um, like that. And they might be getting finishes, like top tens and they could do a lot better. But, you know, if I'm a team, like you're the type of person I want to hire because like, I just think that's if there's any type of person that can get back, it would be you. Like, you've got to have that mindset of like, look, like if I can't compete and do what I I want, then like, I'm not going to just take all you guys else down. And I'm not here for the, I mean, we're all here to make a dollar on that, but I'm not going to sit here and like, like there's, there's ways of getting it on there and you got to be able to sleep at night. So I, I, I respect that. I didn't know that. And I respect that and um, respect that. And I think the team's like, this is the guy I'd be trying to go out there. Which I think also the way, I mean, the way it was handled is why I still have a good relationship with those guys, you know, yeah, like you can you- handle it wrong for sure. But, um, they were really, really understanding and cool and they were, they're just good people. So they were, they were good with it. And, um, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's one of those things. It's a tough position to navigate. Not really sure where to even set the GPS on where you're going. Right. Like I just didn't know what to do really what, cause I didn't plan on retiring yet. I plan on 
you know, going for a few more years at least. Um, and then all that happened. And with the string of injuries and results that I've had throughout the last, I mean, most of my 450 career, um, the, the odds of me getting a good ride that's going to pay me to be able to, and for me, when I talk about getting paid to race and not doing it for free, it's like, it's not that I'm worried about the money, but I can't afford to pay for all the things I need to do it right. To compete at that level. To yeah. compete yeah. without, you know, making some money to pay those things. So that's yeah. where I was at. And I'm, I'm still training and riding. I got people helping me out that, you know, don't have to, but good friends. And I'm, uh, you know, if something comes up, I'll be ready. I'm still training, riding, doing all my stuff. Cause that's what I love to do. Yeah. And you talking about like the breakdowns after the weekend, I always watch them. They're awesome. But I'm, I'm similar. Like I'm obsessed with like the writing technique, the mental side of it, like the training side of it. Honestly, I can't be bothered to figure that out. I never enjoyed it. I didn't love it. Some people love it. You know, my, my good friend, Will Hahn, he loves training. That's why he's a good trainer because he loves it. Yeah. I never did. I did it because it was a means to an end. Yeah. You know, that was part of working hard to get the result I wanted. Yeah. But when it comes to the writing and the mental side, I love that stuff. It's so fun to dissect and try to get better. And whether it's for myself or someone else, like I learned this summer, I really enjoyed coaching. You know, working with Ethan was really fun. Yeah. You know, it was, it was nice to try to, you know, give somebody else some of the wisdom that you've got from doing it all those years and try to maybe help them not make some of the same mistakes like that I personally made, you know? Yeah, no. Yeah. And you're right. And I appreciate that. And I, I think when I said, when I started working with Chase, it, it showed me how much I actually did love, like, you know, working and, and, and giving knowledge. And, and that's why I like the recaps and stuff. And I also know, like, you know, I'm the same way with training. Like I, I hated it, but like, I love winning. So if training was something that I needed to do to win, then that was just a part of it. But it's not, you know, it's, it's, it's no fun doing that, but the whole bike setup and, and enjoying this, like, I, I love like doing that. And then, and I also know, like, you can't, like, there's only a certain, uh, like height you can get without having that. And that's why when you sit here and talk about the team and, and, and all that, like, it's like, if people don't understand it, that's because they haven't been there. It all has to play a, a, a piece and a role in, in, in you getting back to where you are. So, I like talking about the recaps and just telling other people like, dude, you can train, you can be the you know, most fit guy ever on there. But if you mentally ain't right here and if we don't figure that part, then you're kind of wasting your time. Like, and so with me and Chase, a lot of the stuff that we worked on was more mental on there. Like hundred yeah, percent. I think that yeah. the fitness side is overstated a lot these days, honestly. Like, yes, you need to be fit. You need to be strong. But I think a lot of people look at it like that's the end all be all. And you just have to be super fit and a lot of guys don't really maybe work on maybe technique as much or all that. Like you probably growing up, up until you started working with Alden, you probably just rode a lot. You do train, you do all the other stuff, but it's not the main focus. Like I got to a point in my career at a certain, certain spot where I was more, con almost more concerned with my training than I was with my writing. Yeah. Where I'm worried about, I got to get out of here because I got this to do. Yeah. I got this, you know, and it's like, the thing that matters the most is how you are on the bike still. Yep. Yeah. You know, mentally how you feel and being comfortable on the bike. You can show up with like I did multiple times in my career with like two, three days on the bike, show up in a season yeah. and be competitive still because mentally you're good and you're comfortable with the bike. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think the training it's, it needs to be a part of it, not the part, you know? Exactly. And I think with everything else, you just get, it's a lot of different pieces that go back to it. And, and some people, they feel more like if it makes you 
more comfortable knowing that you did a 50 mile bike ride and that's going to help you like, cool. I haven't met anybody that like, I see a benefit from it, but I do know, like, there's a lot of cats out there that if they show up at the gate and they believe like they feel good, they can give you the business. And if you go out there and you start getting tired, then okay, you get to that point, but you, you're not going to be upfront. Like to me, it was always about how I felt going into it. Like when I got on a bike, if my clutch levers felt good and I didn't have to move my handlebars, it was going to be a good day. Like just moving those little bit of things, like it was all about feel to me. So I, of course, like, you know, working with people and telling people, I'm like, you know, racing's mental, dude. Like all these guys are in shape. Like we were just talking to the guy out there. They were like, Ricky, he used to be fat and out of shape. But I'm like, but he won three outdoor titles. Like when you guys were like out of shape. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, what he did was like, he changed perspective like on there. And I think him being in shape told everybody else what they should think, but it it was a a way for him to mentally have something that he felt like others, others couldn't. And, um, you know, I it's, so I'm all about riding, get your shit together. Excuse my language, but it, it's a mental thing and, and riding motorcycles is what you do. So for sure. Yeah. And I, I'm the same way, man. I go off. I've always gone off feel with everything I do, whether I'm riding or even making music, whatever. I don't like making music. I can't go in with a plan of like, I'm gonna make a song like this. It's kind of whatever I'm feeling is what happens. Same thing with riding. I just, if I feel good, it's going to be all right. I think anyone that's gets to a high level, like I'm everyone around me is like, all right, you're, you're pretty picky. Like it's annoying. I'm like, but I'm picky for a reason. I'm not just picky just to be picky and be annoying. I'm just, if I get this a little better, then I'll be better, you know? And then ultimately it's good for all of us Yeah, because everybody wins if we do good. How was your mechanic this past weekend? My mechanic was good. Yeah. It was super last minute. Uh, Dan Truman, my boy Dan Truman was supposed to come with me and, and handle it. But uh, with the hurricane that came through, he lives closer to the coast. So he had to handle his family and stuff like that. So um, I told him, I said, dude, your family matters exponentially more than I do. I'll figure it out. Yeah. I can tighten my chain. Like if I have to, we'll be all right. And he's legit. Yeah. yeah. So, he, um, Neil Prince be- was my mechanic and he was awesome. First time meeting him, but he was super cool. Handled yeah, everything well. So it was, it was good. But Truman will go to Australia with you, right? Yeah. As of right now, Truman's going with me to, to Oz. So that'll be fun. Good deal. I mean, trust me, everything's fine. Trust me, everything's fine. <laughs> what is up with this is. baby? You look like Drake on there. I, I thought that I was Drake, I, actually. I wish I sounded like Drake. And, uh, well, <laughs> last time we were here, we were doing a recap, and Cole was playing something. I'm like, all right. I'm like, who is that? He's like, that's a smooth criminal. I'm like, no, for real. Like, Pogo? Shit's legit, dude. Hey, man, like, that, it's legit. That surprise right there, I, I love it, because no one expects it, like, no, you any of us to be good at anything else, right? So when you you almost expect it to be cringe when you yeah, and you're like no you way, for it's sure good. expect it yeah. to not be good at all. So, but I I take I take pride in making sure I don't do any corny cringy stuff. I can't I can't do it. So if I put something out like this project is the first thing I've ever put out where I'm actually proud of it that yeah. I would be comfortable showing people. You know I worked I worked on it. You know I needed it. It was my outlet. You know, I don't go to therapy and I probably should, you know we what I'm saying? So this it. is, this is my therapy. This is what I use. So yeah. it's good. I, I learned a lot. I do all my own, record myself, do all my own vocal engineering, yeah, all that. So yeah, I and love it. Yeah. I didn't mean that as like, I, I didn't think you would sound that way or corny. I was just like, like, nah, but the just, surprise is good. Like, Cause that means it isn't terrible. Yeah, like this, this ain't like some Grammy yeah. winning. That's smooth criminal. Like on there, the guy I'm talking about taking bitches out in the back. You know, <laughs> cool. That dude right there. Like that was awesome. But 
no nah, man you keep doing what you're doing like that's uh, yeah. all i'm about like it's this you it's you out there so um it's that's on itunes right there huh yep it's on uh apple music spotify and pretty much everything else anything you can get music on yeah well i'm about run them streams up baby because yeah i'm about you know i need that even this morning when raj and i were pulling in here just had the phone on shuffle and i was driving and there it comes on and for the for the motocross fans out there you know the first song it's got seven deuce deuce on it yep that's the one that came on he crushed it so seven deuce deuce yeah yeah Yeah. uh james give a little background on the the name Smooth Criminal for the people that don't know. Oh, yeah. Well, Which is, I appreciate that name because mm-hmm. it's a cool name. And also, you can't give yourself no, a nickname. Yeah, you know no, what I'm saying? You no. can't do that. Yeah, no. I mean, even when people are like, they're like, when he was asking me, like, say fastest man on the planet. Like, it's even weird for yeah. me to say that. Like, no, there's other people. But, yeah. Well, you're just smooth. One, Smooth Criminal came from, like, there's two parts. Like, your your riding style, like, I mean, the only dude I pull a whole shot, throw a little leg swag out there, um, you know, just smooth. But it was this one in San Diego <laughs> this year. All I saw was this on there. And I was like, dude, that was so smooth. Not because you, like, took the dude down, but because, like, you didn't even look, look back. You didn't look. And, or uh, over. Yeah, over. Pull the tear off. And I was thinking, yeah. like, wait, did did he even know he like hit him? Like when I first watched it. Oh, he knew. And then like I slow it down and, and then they told me there was a little bit of beef that happened. And then I watched it. I'm like, oh, snap. That was smooth. That's it. That was criminal too. So yeah. smooth criminal came in there. <laughs> it works. And then that, that's dope. That's your name. That's it's smooth criminal. But that's you, dog. That's you from the voice, from the 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 riding style. It showed up on the back of the helmet, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I got it. As soon as they asked me, hey, what do you want on the next helmet? I was like, that's pretty good. No question. Smooth criminal. That's so awesome. Yeah. That was pretty good. I like, like that. Dude, I, you got to take him out. I did like, deserve oh. a uh, an Oscar for that acting right there. Yeah. Let's right. be honest. Was, like, you had me, I'm telling you, dude, I was shocked. I was like, uh, wait, he did that on purpose? You had me checked out. And that's what I do for a living. I break down stuff. And you had me fooled. So yeah, it was smooth. It was smooth. Well, and, there were a lot of people that were going back and forth like, oh, I didn't look intentional. It, people. It was I tell you when I was in the, uh, when you the, in and, the AMA rig. Were you and J-Bone watching and, tape? Yeah. When I was in the AMA rig, they, they didn't have a question. They were like, yeah, that was obviously on purpose. No. It's like, you could see him. I said, y'all <laughs> yeah. overestimating my peripheral yeah. vision. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, things yeah. happen. Yeah. I, I actually thought what happened is you jumped off that, you stalled the motorcycle on there and I thought you were trying to bump and you pop the clutch and hit him on uh, there. So that's initially what I thought. And I'm like, you could take that, that from that clip. Yeah. yeah no, I mean, that's, that's, you know, that's you watch one time. Like. He stalls the motorcycle. He's trying to bump. Bam. Like there I mean, it is. Rick, that's what Ricky thought on the broadcast too. So. It was, you know, what gave it, a, uh, what made me question was the tear off bull and didn't even look back. That's why I was like, that's actually what they said in the, in the meeting after huh? was you didn't even look back. I said, well, he didn't look back to see if I was all right when he cleaned me out. Well, that's what made me think it wasn't intentional. I, I've never seen somebody like take him out. I use it, look back, or you have some kind of reaction. This dude was out there just crushing it. I mean, I'll, I'll say this, though. Obviously, you should not be taking people out when you're getting lapped. Obviously. <laughs> I just well, you felt like lapped. I needed to let him know to stop messing. You know what I'm saying? Like. You might be able to like intimidate and put everyone else on the ground and then be like, oh, I'm too scared to do anything. But I'm having a rough, rough year at this point. I will ruin my whole season for this right now. I That's think, where I was at. I think his uh, team might have cheered for that when, when you did that. Oh, they, they weren't. They weren't pumped. Nobody was too pumped. But yeah, I mean, I mean, most people with a with a brain were like, all right, we get it. Like, 
Yeah, I mean, I, like I say, sometimes you got to shoot a hostage to let everybody know you're serious. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> he my condolences for everybody. Yeah, no, he says that a lot. But you got to take one, dude. Like that's it. So, hey, like you got you got to stop it somehow. So this GoPro clip of him cleaning you out doesn't totally show because it's from the front number plate. But run through it. Your perspective uh i mean i could hear i can hear the panic grab. see you see me look to the left i'm i'm making sure i'm already checking i'm like all right let's i gotta make sure if if homie's on the left he's gonna clean my clock i didn't see no one over there so i was like mm-hmm. all right i'm good but i little did i know he was gonna land and make a beeline towards my uh front wheel yeah yeah I and mean- i was initially upset because it kind of it kind of it made me a little bit i was hobbling off the track like dude if i just like did my knee or something i'm gonna be unreal pissed mm. off got my bearings together and i was like all right i'm all right i'll try to finish and then when he came around i just you know kind of went went a little bit red didn't think much and i just made a snap decision which i mean ultimately i shouldn't have done but at the same time i don't really regret anything i've done because is what it is oh, i mean i i don't condone violence but i condone that i mean On here's there, the thing you're, with, you're, you're getting lapped because of him I, that's kind of what i told them i said look they're like you can't ruin it i said well you ruined my race to begin with. I said, you know, I was in the top 10. It was like lap two. I'm not riding well. I'm mentally not even there at this point. Things are still going. I hadn't slept in two weeks at this point, just dealing with personal stuff. And he was going to pass me. I probably would have made it pretty easy on him in a couple corners, you know? So I was unhappy with that because it was unnecessary. And when you're, when you're doing things that are going to hurt other guys for no reason, I just think that that needs to, uh, there needs to be some frontier justice on that at times. So yeah, I went up and um, shook his hand a couple weeks later, and I said, "Hey, we good? You know, I don't want to deal with that." And that was I was just letting you know that I don't want to deal with that. Obviously, you know what I did was wrong. I think that you understand that you shouldn't have cleaned me out either. Shook his hand like a man and handled it, and didn't have an issue from there. So yeah, I mean, I I think from a, a fans' for perspective and just the sport in general, like I mean, I think they should give you an credit because you didn't like you know little kids out there watching like you didn't throw gang signs up in there you didn't make it all like you know in your business like you did what you needed to do and from a racer like rider like yeah all right whatever but you it wasn't dangerous you know you could land off a jump there's a lot of different ways you can do people dirty on there to try to hurt yeah on there and then so you know, he was a hostage on there. Unfortunately, he shot you first. You just happened to shoot back. Two wrongs don't make it right, but that's what it was right to get your name smooth criminal. Hey, I'm watching this video. You're taking out my brother. Bad. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't See, that was my first Supercross in my pro career. Yeah. We were up there battling for a podium, and I felt like that was unnecessary. And then I got stuck and had too much time to. Uh, that was get unnecessary. Angry. That was yeah. unnecessary. I was unne- he, he knew it was unnecessary. The slap was unnecessary as yeah. well. Although, like I said, I I don't regret anything I've ever done because I'll be hundred percent honest with you. I got obviously got fined that night and uh and put you on hurt some your probation. Hand, like too. My glove slap. slid off. That wasn't I didn't hurt my hand, but uh, but I did get like forty thousand IG followers that night. So <laughs> you know. Uh, look, man. Hey, yeah, I mean, controversy sells at times, even when it's on accident. I said I don't do any of this stuff on purpose. I don't, but sometimes, you know. The brain ain't working and you just react. So. Take the positives. Accidents happen on purpose. 
that's what happened. Uh, but yeah, no, that's that's cool. And again, you 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 got the nickname. Yeah, yeah Malcolm, nickname Malcolm joked about that for yeah. a long time oh, too. Sure. There. He'd always every time he'd see me because we were teammates a couple years later. He'd see me like, oh my neck, my neck's still sore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, my bad. Got yoked. Yeah, I mean, even he knew. Like, um, I don't think he the slap, whatever. That could I mean, have been it, a little bit of immaturity on my end, just not realizing that. We were battling for a podium and it was going to be on TV and the Jumbotron and everyone was going to see it, but you know. But you were 19? Yeah. Yeah. Young, young boy there. Yeah. yeah no. So how, how is your relationship now with Justin? Oh, it's fine. I mean, it was a little awkward because Will Hahn is one of my best friends Yeah. and he's his trainer. And you know, so I told him, I was like, look, I, I get it. Let's sort it. I don't want there to be any weird stuff. I don't want any animosity. I don't want to have to look over my shoulder. I don't want him thinking he's got to look over his shoulder. I was just trying to handle things however I saw fit in the moment. And I reacted and, you know, yeah. is what it is. But I'm man enough to admit when I'm wrong, let's talk about it. Let's sort it. And we're good, you know? And the thing with Justin is Justin Barsh is an interesting character because on the track, I don't think you'd find anyone that's a fan yeah. off the track. He's perfectly fine. <laughs> you know, it yeah. makes it tough because it's hard to yeah. look past it when you're dealing with it. But some guys just, I mean, you can't help themselves. Race mode, dude. They don't. Some guys just, they ain't thinking. Yeah. They're racing. Nah. You know what I mean, nah, it is. It, I, that's what I was saying on the recap. I'm like, dude, I hated racing the guy. But I mean, but hey. No, nobody's enjoyed racing. Yeah. Oh. Like, that's who he is that's on there. That's what he does. Like, it's on there. You can get taken out by him, and somehow it's your fault that you didn't know mm -hmm. he was going to take you out because that's the way he is on there. Sometimes you just got to shoot back. Something. But all good, bro. All good. That's, that's awesome. So, Want to take a quick commercial break and and get back? I think we're gonna to try to going to call that Adam Bailey. Let's see if yep. we get him on the phone from the World Supercross. And so, all right, we'll we'll be right back. Commercial break, and we'll be back more with Smooth Criminal. Hey, what's up, guys? We back here on Bubba's World, the podcast. And obviously, we got a special guest on here with Justin Bogle in the studio, my boy Roger and Cole. But we got another guest that's coming on. Um, might know him or maybe not. You're going to know him a little bit more after this. Um, Roger, you want to introduce? Yeah, we uh, thought it'd be cool to have uh, Adam Bailey, the managing director of uh, World Supercross, uh, join the show. So, uh, Adam, you there? Yeah, got you, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on, Adam. How you doing? Doing well. Little little weary. I'm I'm in Dubai after you know a big opening weekend in, in Cardiff and and uh, prepping for another event in Melbourne in, in a few days' time. So but weary, but uh, but uh, but doing all right. That's awesome. That's awesome. I was able to check it out, and I don't know if you heard me. We got Justin uh, Bogle in the studio, so he was out there with you guys, and he enjoyed his time. So wanted to get you on the phone and and kind of talk about how you thought it went and. You know, get a little insights on um, where you guys at, your perspective on everything, and then um, you know a little bit where where the future is. So, um, I guess first question: How did you think it went? How was um, overall the the fan turnout, riders, and everything um, with the event? How how did you think it went? Yeah, I think uh, I mean the, the fan turnout was awesome. We had around thirty six thousand people there, or, or around thirty five, thirty six, um, which we're really happy with. Um, but what I was most pumped about was the the reaction from the fans was, was unreal. You know, like 
the, the streets of Cardiff were kind of shut down with people, you know, blowing their air horns like they do in Europe and, you know, the bars were full and, and um, you know, the autograph signings were absolutely jam-packed and riders were getting mobbed and all that kind of thing. So the reaction from the fans was, was amazing and I think that was probably the, the best part about it all. Um, you know, the, the riders and the, and the teams, um, feedback was, was great. You know, I think um, in general, people had fun, which, which is something that's really important to us. You know, we want to create a, you know, a, a, a vibe where we're kind of going to be traveling the world together in the future. And, and um, we want the racing goers to be serious, but we want everyone involved to have a good time and, and, um, and you know, come on the journey with us kind of thing. So I'm stoked to hear that, uh, that Justin had a good time because I know the night wasn't, wasn't too good for him and he had a couple of flat tires and things, which I, which I felt bad for. But, um, you know, it was, uh, it was good. You know, I wouldn't say that um, everything was perfect from our side. From an operational standpoint, we weren't a ton, like tons and tons of things. You know, we definitely didn't get the broadcast 100% the way we wanted it. The live show wasn't exactly how we wanted it and, and things like that. But all in all, you know, we did this kind of pilot season to get the ball rolling and to learn all those lessons, and we learnt, we learnt tons. So, um, you know, I'm really glad we did, and I feel like we're in a great place for the future. Yeah, I, I think you guys killed it. Um like you said, the uh, the vibe the whole weekend was was really cool. the 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 walk from my hotel through the the city center and then into the stadium, like I just felt like all the fans there were just genuinely stoked to have Supercross there. And I don't think they cared if it was you guys that brought them or Feld or MX Sports or whoever. They were just stoked that Supercross was in the UK and they were pumped. Like, tell me they weren't. Like, no, they were. They yeah, were they, pumped, man. They. I was getting stopped. Yeah, every five feet walking to and from the stadium, which is awesome, man. Because like back home, you don't get that. They so, were just stoked, though. Yeah, like, it was, they were it was stock. awesome. Yeah, that, that's really the, the biggest thing I took from from that was just the the vibe. I thought was was a cool was a cool vibe. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think yeah, for us, you know, that's the number one thing. You know, it, it, for us, that the highlight of the weekend is is I think that it was a proof of concept. You know, for us, that Supercross, you know, fans do exist. You know, in all parts of the world and where Supercross doesn't currently uh, go to. And, you know, that's what our, our, our vision is, you know, for World Supercross is to, is to take Supercross globally and take it to fans around the world and, and have people like, like we saw in, in Cardiff on the weekend get to experience this incredible firsthand. And it seemed like they really appreciated that and it seemed like they really pumped for it. So that, that was definitely the highlight for me. Yeah, that was actually kind of my next question was, uh, you know, what is your... What are you guys trying to accomplish? Like your your outlook for this, and then I would say in the nutshell, there you got another race here. What uh, a couple of weeks or this weekend? Australia is next week. Next right? weekend, yeah. Next weekend, and then um, and then moving into next year. But there's there's no secret about it. Like there's been a lot of um, you know, talk and uh, controversy and and going on, and I guess the, between the, the the series here and 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 over there, and it's just a a shame. I've I've actually, you know being kind of hearing a little bit of both sides of it. And I think what you guys are doing is um, awesome trying to create and ultimately at the end of the day, kind of make the sport better. But I wanted to hear from you, like, what do you, what do you kind of see like over the next year and two years, like the, the future of this thing or, or where are you trying to, what are you trying to get to as far as the, um, you know, races and, and overall um, this series in general? Yeah, I think like, Ultimately, I mean, the goal, like I said, is to take Supercross around the world. Like, you know, over the next few years, we want to grow to, I don't know, 10 events, um, 
you know, on, on all continents. You know, I think that's the ultimate goal and have a, have a couple in Europe, a couple in the Middle East, you know, in the Americas, in North America and, and the United States is definitely on the on the map, South America. You know, we want to go everywhere um, that, that Supercross currently doesn't or, or not on a, in a world championship kind of level. But then also, you know, we can't ignore the US fans eventually too when the timing's right. So, you know, our goal really is, is to create a genuine world championship and, and also, you know, we strive to be like a, a MotoGP, which we keep referring to, or a Formula One of, of dirt bike racing. You know, we, we want to, to elevate the level um, of how it can be done and, and make it a world championship and um, uh, that goes to all these places and, and introduces new fans to the sport. I think that's the number one thing for us is we genuinely believe there's millions of fans around the world that haven't had the opportunity to see Supercross yet. Um, you know, I think the, the weekend proved that to us in just a, in just a small snapshot. Um, and that's what we want to do, deliver it to them and, and also give the riders and teams, you know, um, a truly global platform because I think when they become, you know, globally recognized athletes with global sponsors, sponsorships and, and things like that, then the opportunities for them can really open up too. So, you know, for us, it, it comes from a genuine passion for the sport. And, you know, I grew up, you know, racing myself and, and eventually, you know, progressed into managing events and managing riders and doing all those kinds of things. And, you know, I've just, I just, you know, have a genuine passion for what I think the sport can be. And, and, um, as does our entire team, they're, they're equally as passionate to see it, you know, reach its full potential. So that's the number one goal. We're not, not sort of here to, to want to take away from everything, anything else. And, you know, I'm a huge fan of the racing that happens in the US myself. I watch it religiously, you know, so we're not here to take away from anything, but we just think that we can build on the sport and, and that's what we're here to focus on. That's cool. That's cool. And um, are are you still planning on the series is going to be during the the I guess our winter months over here, and between October and December, or or, or you're thinking that's going to be a little bit? If you have ten races, obviously there's um, you know, I guess more more time on that. Are you going to try to keep it around the, the October ish winter time over here as far as the series is going? No, I think you know it's just not sort of physically possible to to fit all the races in. And um, so unfortunately, you know, there's no sort of options and to start earlier. And I say unfortunately because it means, that, you know, there will be clashes with other races, at, you know, MXGP or, or outdoors over there um, because there just physically isn't enough weekends in the year. But um, the plan is to run from kind of the, the, the July to, to November period um, and, and starting, you know, next year. Um and it'll be sort of, it'll be more spread out and it's not going to be week in, week out. So I think the schedule should be quite, you know, relatively, I want to say easy, um, for the riders and teams to participate. But July to November is, is the period we're looking to run. I wanted to ask you the whole weekend, every time I saw you, you, you seemed pretty cool and, and calm and collected. If it were me, I probably would have been stressing a little bit. I'm, I'm sure there were, there were probably some things that, uh, that happened behind the scenes that no one, no one really knew, but what were some of like, what was one of the biggest hurdles that, that you had to kind of get through to uh, pull this race off in Cardiff? I mean, yeah, I appreciate that. I think for me, the majority of the hurdles come, you know, months before then, you know, uh, for me personally. And, and, and so my work at the moment is really focused on next year and beyond. Um, and our, for our operations team on the ground, they were kind of, you know, doing a great job dealing with the, the immediate issues. And I know that, Dirt, sourcing dirt was a big issue that always is for Supercross, particularly in the new venue. And, you know, they had to screen all that dirt that was in there to remove rock. And, you know, as you know, there was still some some, um, some rubbish and crap in the, in the dirt, so it wasn't perfect. 
Um, so, you know, there was plenty of things going on, challenges with our broadcast, like I said, and um, communication, like there always is, and, you know, just a new team on the ground. But, but, um, but all in all, it was quite a calm week, you know, and I think everyone handled themselves really well. And, you know, we're doing a lot of debriefing now, picking a lot of things that we're going to change from Melbourne and improve upon. Um, but, um, but for me, the, the, the hardest part is sort of in the months, you know, leading up to that when it comes to, you know, finding the venues and finding the, you know, and setting up the marketing, marketing plan to their teams and selling the tickets and all that kind of thing. You know? So I, I was really lucky that at the event I got to, I got to enjoy it, <laughs> you know, quite a bit more. Yeah, from like I said, from what I saw, you, you you looked like you had everything everything handled. Yeah, and I think you know, I mean, we we you know when you when we run a few events now, and you also learn that kind of getting too panicky doesn't really help anyway. So when when things turn to shit, which they do um, sometimes, you know, you've got to sort of take a deep breath and, and manage it with composure, or else you just make it worse anyway. So kind of definitely learned that over the years, but. But um, it also was very, you know, and very lucky to have such an awesome and passionate and hardworking team. There's so many people that are really passionate to make this thing work and that believe in it so much, you know, that they really take it on themselves to own all their individual areas. So, you know, I think that um, they they really like burned the can to both ends to make sure it was it was awesome for everyone was there, and I think that that result showed. But at the same time, um, you know. They're going to try and improve week in week out. That's how you know you've got the right people. So uh, they were definitely organised and calm, and you know, but working hard. And uh, you know, I used the ducks on a pond analogy, right? <laughs> I was definitely going a million miles an hour behind the scenes, but to make sure that it was a um, you know a really uh, smooth event as best as possible, for, especially for our first one. Well, one of the questions I had, um, just me thinking about it, like, have have you received or um, or lacked ever? of receive how's the support been from the the factories the the teams the um you know honda suzuki and stuff like um have you felt it's been a pushback since this thing started i mean obviously with over here with the the rocks in and how that whole thing transpired but like has um how has the support been from the 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 industry yeah it's interesting because you know obviously that rocks situation was you know it was frustrating it's frustrating to learn you know, that um, that anyone would be pushing back, to be honest, because we feel like what we're trying to do is build on the sport, you know, not take away from it. So so to learn that, I, I you know, thought it was disappointing because I feel like all the, all that's going to impact is the fans. You know, what we're trying to do is take the sport to the fans around the world. And I think, you know, if Roxton had been stopped from racing, that that would have broken the hearts of, you know, thousands of people on the weekend and, and particularly kids and children that were all so excited to see him. And, I think that's the important thing, you know. I'd, I'd like, you know, the, the the people in power that are making those kinds of decisions to think about the fans, to think about the people that are that are potentially missing out. Because I think that I think that there's an there's a kind of ignorance to the fact that there is thousands of fans or millions of fans around the world that want to see these people. You know, the US is by far the biggest, um, for sure, um, and it's the birthplace of Supercross. But there's millions of fans and kids around the world that will never get to the US to see Supercross. So I don't think it's, you know, in the best interest of the sport to stop that, that from happening or get in the way of that. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like I must say, it's not like a, it's not, it's not like a, um, a global thing. You know, the manufacturer, you know, Honda sponsors us in Australia and sponsors us in the UK. So I don't want to say it's a Honda brand, um, at all because they, they're, they're a fantastic sponsor of ours and have been for many years. So that's the kind of thing that makes it interesting too. Is it? And, and as is KTM for that matter. 
you know, great supporter of ours in, in, in Melbourne into its time. So, you know, it's not a manufacturer thing. It's just the, it's just the US um, kind of regional offices thing, which, um, you know, I understand they got to practice, they got to protect their turf. I, I truly do understand that. And I also understand they got to protect their investment and their riders. But like I said, uh, you know, I think it should be fans first. And, and um, in that case, I think maybe that would reconsider at times. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And I, and I think that's why I kind of asked, like, you know, to push back because ultimately at the end of the day, like, you know, you want to grow the sport. And I, I do believe, you know, when I look at this series, I, I appreciate uh, anyone that's is trying to take on new challenges and then kind of change, um, change things for the better. And I kind of see what you guys are doing is um, kind of like what we did at seven. Like we got a lot of pushback when we brought out the two compression jerseys and, and people are like, Oh, that's not going to work. And then now, yeah. you know, years later, it, it, it kind of changed the whole game of the, the, the industry and how they, they build gear. So, but in the beginning it was tough, you know, people were always like, Oh, this and that, well, you're doing it for money, whatever. So I guess that being said, like you, the, what, what has been the, and you can answer this or not, but where did the conversations go wrong or, or was there any like talks to try to, I guess, work with um, the failed or whoever it was that was um, you guys were speaking of, like where, where does the animosity come from and why do you think that is? Yeah, I think, I mean, there definitely was conversations had. And at the start we um, introduced ourselves to all the manufacturers and introduced ourselves to, um, you know, the, the, the factories in the States and, and, and you know, also sales. Um, and, and those conversations, are, you know, at the time, most of them went well, but not all of them did. And, and, and I think we probably, you know, I think we could have handled ourselves better, perhaps. I don't know. I, I think at the start that it, we probably came out because we obviously had a, an investment partner and some of, the, some of the things we came out and said probably came across as arrogant or, you know, or threatening perhaps. Um, you know, may, maybe, and that def- definitely didn't help. But at the same time, I'd say it's fifty percent that, but then fifty percent it wouldn't have mattered no matter you know what we did anyway, because we are disrupting something that's been around for a long time. You've got some really powerful entities in Feld and Emmerich Sports, and obviously the manufacturers in the US. And the US is the biggest, um, you know, the biggest region for for motocross um, bike sales in the world, and therefore it's very powerful. And you know, we were are disrupting something, and um, even though it wasn't really our intention, our intention, like I said, I, I was probably a bit naive thinking, hey, we can all be friends. This is going to be awesome. You know, I love the sport. You love the sport. Let's go. You know, <laughs> it sounds like this, but hadn't really eventuated, but it was probably a bit naive to be honest. But, but anyway, I, I truly hope that those, um, those things will all settle down over time and, and, you know, we can sort of rebuild those relationships and, and people will see that we're in it for the, for the good of the sport, just like they are. Just talking to Justin a little bit, like he, he sounded like he had a good time and, and overall, like, is there going to be any changes as to the format or, or, I mean, I'm going to ask you, Justin, like, what do you think of the format, how everything went over there? So I, I really enjoyed how it was, you know, a little bit different, trying some new things. Obviously stuff can get stale after doing the same thing for so long. Um, the format was interesting. It was difficult. The turnaround time was really, really quick. So that was tough. Um, I enjoyed the racing. The, the short races were fun. Um, it made it, you know, really important to be on your P's and Q's and handle things correctly. But I just, I'm just happy to have another avenue to see racing, to go racing, to do this stuff. And, and in my opinion, I, I mean, I understand that it's business at the end of the day, the 
all of this is business, but rising tides do raise all ships at the end of the day. So I think ultimately in the grand scheme of things, all this animosity, whatever the competition will just make everything better. So I enjoyed it, man. I obviously first race in a new thing. It's going to take some figuring out and for the writers and for, and the teams and the promoters on how it works and all of that. But for a first run at it, man, it, it went really well. Yeah, I, I thought so too. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, I thought so too. Yeah, you, I mean, I thought, I thought, you know, I definitely recognize that the, I think, you know, we need to, and we're talking about some schedule changes already. Um, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of things being discussed at Debrief over the weekend, but, you know, the scheduling and how I think, you know, the back to back formats, you know, I really like them and I think it's great to watch them. The racing is awesome, but they definitely need a bit more time to breathe and, and everyone needs a little bit more time to, to get settled and, um, but also, you know, aside from the riders and teams needing a bit more time, we need a bit more time from an entertainment perspective to set up the stories and, you know, get the, the fans engaged with what's happening and, and that kind of thing. So, you know, that's something we'll work on, is, you know, for, for Melbourne next week is to just make it sure there's a little bit more time there for, for the whole thing to breathe and be a bit more smoother. So, yeah, we're definitely taking all those things on board for sure. And I'll I'll give you guys some credit too. Um, I, I was kind of pitted with the two uh, the two two fifty wildcard kids uh, from the UK, um, but there was quite a few of of your guys coming over throughout the weekend asking like, are are you guys okay? Is everything good? Like, do you need anything? Do we need to change anything? Um, I felt like they were really wanting to hear rider feedback and and willing to make changes if there was something that that needed to be. Um, maybe more so than any other race I've been to, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, that's good to hear. I mean, what I, I said to someone on the weekend, um, you know, it's, it's really different because previously when we promoted races or had races, you kind of put on the race and then everyone shows up, right? You know, and, and they come and do their thing and some win, some lose, some crash, and you're kind of like, oh, and it kind of is what it is. But in this case, I feel, you know, personally anyway, because I was the one that kind of worked with all the teams and, helped bring the teams in and get the, you know, and, and select them um, with our board input, obviously. But, you know, I feel like a real genuine connection to the people that are riding and racing. And, you know, like, um, and so you sort of get, you get kind of invested into everyone's success and happiness and saying, you know, like, I mean, when, when riders crash, you know, and Reedy crash and, you know, obviously know him well and, and we're friends, so that, you know, that sucks. But when Josh Grant crashed, yeah. and then I just felt for the NDK guys and I felt for those two. And I, you know, I was kind of like, man, like, because, you know, you just feel like you have this personal connection. I think that's going to be a really nice thing about the championship. And I don't want to act like it's all going to be, you know, holding hands and dancing all the time because you want fierce right. competition too. But it, you know what I mean? But it, it was, it, I think there is going to be a cool vibe because, it, you know, people are outside the comfort zone traveling the world. And I think you have a genuine connection to want to see everyone. And everyone wants to, this whole thing to succeed, you know, because I think the teams realize if it's, it, Championship succeed, they do, and, and vice versa for us. So I think that's a really cool thing about it. Well, I, I think when James asked you that question about the perception of, of the industry, I was hoping that you were going to say after this first race that you might think it would be, uh, they'd be open to it a little bit more after, I, I feel, the success of, of that Cardiff round. Because uh, I, I would mark that down as a success. Yeah, for sure. And I, you know, I'd like to think over time for sure. I mean, I think. You know, as we, you got to get runs on the board too. And I can understand, you know, you got to prove yourself. Like, I feel like we, you know, because there's this, you know, there was a, a bit of hype around and we'd obviously been talking about it for so long, you know, there's kind of like a, 
eventually he got sick of talking about it and, you know, it's like you gotta you gotta, you know, um, show what you can do and actually prove yourself. So I feel like it was a good step in the right direction for that. Like it wasn't perfect in it, you know, in every way obviously, but but it was a fantastic event. It was a you know, a big crowd and it looked you know, it looks good and all those kinds of things that I think hopefully prove that, hey, okay, we might be onto something and, and hopefully, you know, there's manufacturers and et cetera sort of kind of see that and come on board the journey with us because we definitely want them to. I mean, everyone in this room, we've all been to Bercy, Geneva and, and all those overseas races and, and uh, we know how, how hard it is to pack those stadiums, but I, I was really surprised to see the amount of people and uh, just the genuine excitement from the fans that were there. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and I, I definitely hope you know um, we do. We've done quite a lot of research, you know, I guess so. But I definitely like to hope that you know to prove like what we think, which is that there is fans around the world already, but also that we'll convert a whole bunch because there's you know there's, we had people there that had never seen Supercross before, you know, from government, for example, or, or you know, partners we come brought along with people from government that they had a great time, you know, and that that the kind of sign that says, well, you know, this sport can be beyond just the, the can core stretch fans. beyond the core fan, you know. People can come along, it could be a, you know, a 45, 50-year-old woman and 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 go, that was awesome, I had such a great time. You know, you know, it's not just the core Supergross fan necessarily, but, but we'll never convert these new fans unless we, unless we take it to them. So I feel like that's what we've got to do. Hey, Adam, it's Cole here. So <clears throat> Roger and I had actually talked about this uh quite a bit as he was traveling back. Um, I really appreciated, like you mentioned how you kind of look at MotoGP and F1 and aspire to, you know, look professional and be professional like that. And I really thought like branding, the track looked clean, um, the stadium looked clean, the branding of just everything. It came together pretty cool. And even like I was watching uh, on TV from home and graphics, like it all had a cool feel to it. Just made it feel very professional um, so that was something I definitely appreciated. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thanks, man. I mean, like I said, I, we definitely don't feel like, we, you know, we've got a long way to go, 100%, but, you know, we're, we're really proud of the first step we, we made, you know. I think um, hopefully, and the whole point of this year was just to just to iron out the cobwebs and, you know, iron out the kinks, I should say, and, and blow the cobwebs and get the kinks started and, and um, you know, and, and then be ready for next year. As far as next year, do you do you have pretty much most of the races locked in, or you have an idea of where and, and and amount of races for next year? Yeah, I've got. I mean, I wouldn't say all locked in, but there's probably six to eight mm-hmm. that are really um, close. And um, but we're just keeping them close to our chest because we've also seen how quickly things can go wrong. So we want to make sure that you know everything you know either dotted and t's across before we kind of announce all those. Um, but uh, but it's coming together really well, really well, and the weekend definitely helps because you know obviously proof of concept, and we got some amazing content, and you know all those things. And before that, we didn't really we were using our old 2019 Aussie Open content. You know, we didn't really have anything to t- to show anyone what this thing was. You know, um, whereas at least now we we do. So that's super helpful, and um, and yeah, a lot of countries want to see it. That's for sure. So. Uh, it's coming together well. I think in the, I think um, you know November we'll announce um, the full schedule for next year, which which I think will be around six to eight races, and then um, we'll we'll try and grow again. You know, um, year after, just just trying to keep it steady. You know, we we want to we won't go somewhere unless we we can do a great job at it. I think that's the thing. We're not never, not in too much of a hurry. So for this next race, 
Is Australia two day race? Is that what I heard? It, it, it is. It's a, it's two day. It's a two day format, but it's actually the Australian Championship domestic championship on the Friday with practice for the World Championship on Friday, and then um, the World Championship racing on the Saturday. So on the weekend, just gone. The World Championship guys practice on the Friday and then race Saturday. In this case, they're, they're practicing on the Friday night and then racing on the Saturday. But we've we've brought in the Australian um, Supercross Championship on Friday as well. Um, you know, because we want to build up that series and it's a concept that we want to test to be able to do around the world where we can bring in the domestic racing and the world championship, um, you know, to be a support category to try and help those championships grow as well um, and help feed riders into the world championship in time. So that's the plan. I mean, the Australian championship, you know, as you guys know, it's a really strong series already in its own right and the racing will be awesome. Um, but that concept really is to to do it over the two nights and and um, and help feed you know Aussie riders into the world championship and, and we'll try and replicate that in other regions I think in time if it's this year. Are you going to keep that race weekend pretty similar format wise, or is there any immediate changes that you're already looking to make looking at Cardiff? Uh, a lot of changes, but but a lot of refinements I should say, like moving of intermission to give more you know um, to give more time in certain areas and like I said earlier we'll, we'll um, try and space out the back-to-back races so that the um, you know so that everyone has a little bit more time in between and also so that you know the live event and the broadcast can kind of set the racing up a little bit better and you know I think it was just a little bit you know too rushed too tight you know so we want to make some refinements to all that for this year and, and we'll see how that goes the same format but just with a bit more time um, you know and then we'll see how that goes and you know um but, you know, like, we may change it all together next year. I honestly couldn't tell you. We want to hear what the fans think and we want to, um, you know, we're open to anything. And at this point in time, it's, it's a learning phase. And I think if we give it a bit more time and and, um, and space out just a little bit more, I think it's going to make a big difference. And um, we'll see how that goes in Melbourne. Yeah, I, I like to hear that. I, I like the fact that you're not married to any certain idea. You're open to kind of whatever <clears throat> really works. And that's what I was saying earlier, kind of what I was getting from uh, from a lot of the guys at the World Supercross. Like, they were definitely open to any any ideas that, that anyone there had. Yeah, for sure. And we've had some great ones. I mean, this week, you know, I've got emails from multiple team owners with a whole list, you know, whole list of things. And none of it's been, like, bitchy or aggressive or, you know, it's all, like, friendly suggestions which I think is really good you know we, we, we kind of really welcome that so that's the kind of relationship we want to have where people are sending through you know um, productive um, criticism you know constructive criticism I should say um, and we, we've had plenty of that that we can work with so it's been good I think like I said if you were pulling the right the same direction we're, we're going to get there faster for sure yeah I, I agree I agree well Adam I appreciate you coming on here and kind of um giving us a little insight on, on the series and from outside looking in, um, it, it, it looked good. It was exciting watching, uh, those guys and, and talking with Justin here. He enjoyed his time. And, and I think at the end of the day, like what you're doing and, and we're all trying to grow the sport. What you're doing is, is, um, you know, is, is the right thing. And hopefully, hopefully as this thing continue goes on, we can all kind of work together and, and get this stuff going. But, you know, I think the, the opportunities there, the, um, you know, the, it looked great on TV and, and it seems like, again, from speaking to Roger and everybody else that's, um, I'd spoken to about talking about being from being there, they, everybody enjoyed their time. So 
um, we get a couple more in these things and hopefully we can get this thing growing and, and, and keep going. But I appreciate you calling in and, uh, you know, good luck here in a couple of weeks over and um, down in Australia. And, and I'm sure we'll talk in here again soon. Couldn't agree more. Thanks so much. You guys I really appreciate the opportunity to chat. Yeah. Thanks for uh, taking the time. I know you're, uh, I know you're busy. It's, it's uh, pretty late there in uh, Dubai, I'm sure. Yeah. Coming up to midnight, I got a 4.30 start, but that's all right as well. Well worth it for you guys. <laughs> well, thanks again. Yeah. Thanks, Adam. Thank you. Thanks. All Thank right. you guys. Appreciate all it. All the best. You too. All right. See you. Are, are they, um, are they actually the, the purse? Did I hear like $10 million or was that the, the world supercross, the, well, the, the, cha- the championship oh, here? Uh, oh, you're thinking of the SMX. Uh, honestly, you two are going to be better at knowing that. I'm sure he's going to be way better at knowing that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you ain't got to throw it out, but is it? All just, I know about the purse is that, you know, those were some expensive flat tires for me. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess over here, what it costs you like, well, like a thousand dollars, three hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah. No, that's cool. I'll look at this news break. The boy, forty-five. Oh, CHRC yes. Honda for Supercross. Good for so good to see, man. He was kind yeah, of in a pickle there. So I'm so happy to see him get on a good, good team, good situation, and get a chance to prove himself because the boy, good. Yeah, uh, he is. You're pretty close to Cole, huh? Colt's like my little brother. Only thing different is just. You know, we got different parents, but that's about it. Is he healthy? Is he? Yeah, he's all he's good. good. Yeah, I might, I might go out and help him out a little bit. I've been helping him with some stuff, just writing stuff, and even getting ready for Cardiff here. Like we were riding at the same track a couple of days, and I would finish my stuff and go work with him on some stuff like whoop technique stuff like that. And everyone's joking, like, "Dude, you're helping, you yeah, know, your yeah. main comp." Like he's definitely. I'm like, he's supposed to. He needs to have a better career than I did. You know what I mean? It's all good. Yeah, no, that's that's cool. How's he? Uh, so he basically got the the where Ken was trying to do right on there, and is he just signed up for next year for Supercross only? Or as far as I know, it's just Supercross only for next year. Yeah, yeah. But talk about a California. Yeah, California. Talk about a landing pad, though. Man. Oh yeah, he, uh, he got just Couple trying to times. figure it out, yeah. man, and it was it was rough. It's I know that transition to the 450 class when you have injuries and some things go wrong, it, it's tough. So I'm just. So happy to see him get a good opportunity. No, I'm stoked for him. That's awesome. How did that one kind of come about? Um, I think, I, I mean, I don't know really all the inner workings, but I think when the Kenny thing started to happen, there was, you know, some talk. And then obviously a lot of us behind the scenes have been talking and trying to help him out and help him figure some things out. And I mean, he's really good at Supercross. So it was a good, good fit, I think, for the both of them. For him having a factory Honda to ride Supercross is awesome because that transition of that class is tough, especially if you're not on great equipment. And for them, they needed someone who'd be solid, a solid second guy for, for Supercross until they move up, uh, until they move Jet up. So I think it worked out great for everyone. Yeah. Speaking of that, since you were, did you watch the outdoors this year? Like the oh, whole, yeah. oh yeah. Ever? Like, what did you think of the race in 450 class? I think that for me, I was like, all right, well, I might've made a good decision because these dudes <laughs> up front are going too damn fast. <laughs> I mean, honestly, Eli and Chase were, the level that they were at was pretty impressive. It was very impressive. Those two were going about as fast as you could go right now, I think. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the field stayed pretty deep most of the year. Yeah. You know, it was usually, especially 450 class, usually it falls off towards the end. Uh, a lot of guys end up hurt, whatever. But this year, 
it was pretty stacked all the way through. So it was fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. And you know how it is too. When you start watching races, you learn almost more than you do being there. Oh yeah. You learn so much about your competitors, strengths, weaknesses. You learn so much about little stuff, riding stuff, technique stuff, the tracks. Like it's pretty fun actually to, to dive into that and really study it when you're not there. Yeah, no, I, I enjoy it. Like, did you, did you think Eli was going to end up getting it or at one point, did you feel like Chase was going to pull this thing off? No disrespect to Chase because he was damned impressive. But I I had thought the whole time that Eli would pull it off just off the strength of experience and being yeah. there. You know you know how it is that for Chase, that's like a really, really – that's a huge championship. 450 class, man. It's not yeah. very many people get those. So yeah. Eli already having, you know, a lot of titles and a lot of wins in that class, I just thought – from my perspective that he was going to handle it better, you know? And I think yeah. those years passed where he kind of, the pressure maybe got to him. I think he's past that, you know, he's a grown man now, a couple kids, you know, he's got huggies to buy and whatnot. So get <laughs> that got shit, shit, you know what got to buy some Nikes for the kids. <laughs> yeah, no. And you can see that. I mean, it kind of, you know, obviously we saw what happened in the last race, but um, like you can see the, the transition of like when Chase beginning of the year, how he was riding, then in the middle part, you know, getting a little tight. And then like Eli came and won all those races, then it like switched. And then it was like, things got real. Like, it was like, all right, it's here. And they both had one, but I don't know if, if what you think with Eli, I felt like the, uh, the second last race, the first moto at Ironman, Ironman 100% stamped it for me. That's when I thought, okay, this is, proof to me because to be able i mean you know how it is man 25 28 minutes into a outdoor national moto and going wide open the whole time and then be able to drop it that much yeah just to prove a point and to to seal the deal at the end it didn't even matter to me if he won the second moto after seeing that i was like all right i think (laughs) i think he may have this sorted but it was impressive either way man that was a very very interesting and tight situation going into that last one but i think for eli's legacy if you will that last moto sealed it because to be able to go out there and just make it happen and go win the race put all that other stuff to bed that all that stuff he'd been that had been chasing him around about choking and whatnot i think (laughs) that right there was good for his uh to solidify his legacy because not like he already hadn't but that was icing on the cake in my eyes yeah yeah i I agree with you i was watching that moto and i'm like don't underestimate how like big that was because it was one, it was the first time, like, they both was up there, Chase passed him, and he was able to, like, show Chase beast mode again, like, let him know, like, I'm here, like, I'm still got it. And I felt like even though Chase won that second moto, like, the way Eli was, like, there was a difference on a podium, like, he, he just seemed like he believed, and that was the biggest thing, and he also showed Chase. And then so going to the last moto, um, that last race, um, you know, Tomac coming out and winning that first, that first moto, you could just kind of see it like happening, but I, it all stemmed back to that first moto. Those last four laps. When you're That's a what, racer, you can like, when we watch the races, you can see more than maybe like the average fan. Right. But you could see that you can see through it sometimes when people are trying to make you, they're trying to convince everyone else that they're confident or that yeah. they're all good. Right. Yep. You can see through that miles away, but with Eli watching him, this year, specifically this year, I felt like it was it was real deal confidence. Mm-hmm. He seemed way more calm than ever before in his career. 
Like he just knew like he had something in the back pocket if he needed it. But if he didn't, he wasn't going to have to go there, which that to me was what my, my eyes watching it. That's why I thought he was going to pull it off. He just seemed calm, cool, collected. Like just, he knew it was going to happen. Yeah, no, I I agree. And there was, when Chase got him in, um, because all that being said, like when Chase got him at Unadilla and there was a, uh, the Washougal one I wasn't too worried about, but the Unadilla, like I don't, I don't care. Like there's ways of getting two two, and there's ways of getting beat, and there's there's a ways how it make you feel. And I, I didn't think it sat well with Eli, especially that second moto at Unadilla. Like I mean, like all right, he tried, and he tried, and he couldn't do it. But there was still like the the uh, then he comes out at Butts Creek, you know, shows him up that first moto, like all those little things, what you're just saying, how you can feel it and, and, and to kind of let everybody know, like you can, you can see it in, in riders, um, you know, the way riders ride. And I, I felt like I was the same way. I'm like, dude, when I watch these two, one just seems like, okay, when he loses or whatnot, it like, it's, it's, it's calm. Like it's okay. He looks put together and like with, with Chase, I just like, dude, that is a huge jump. Like it's a huge jump. And especially when it comes down to, all right, it's the end. And now it's on you. Like, I mean, you already, you didn't crash. Like you're going to your favorite track. Um, even at, um, Indy, like, um, you know, um, that race, like that's your hometown. So now it's like, you're supposed, you've already got past that point, whether you're going to do it or not, like it's, it's kind of on you and you can just kind of see that happen. Um, but yeah, I think for chase too, it all, not that he hasn't been building towards this, but it all happened pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Like all of a sudden he was like on, he went another level speed wise. So he, it seemed like this summer something clicked and he found more speed, more consistency, but it, it was new, you know? So you're going up against a guy whose foundation is concrete, rock solid. And you're still navigating that landscape of like, Oh, now I'm one of the fastest guys there is. Yeah. And how do I deal with the pressure of that, the, everything that comes with it? Everyone's saying that I should do this, this. There's a lot of things that you that are easy to let in. Mm-hmm. But when you're Eli, you've had so much experience with it your whole life. Trust me, I grew up racing that guy. Pain in my ass my whole life because I could never beat him. But you're so accustomed to that position that when it comes right down to it, you're a little bit better at handling it. Yeah. Because Chase, there was times where I was like, man, you're not going faster than that guy. Like- he looked unreal some weekends he was faster sometimes for sure but ultimately i think just the experience and just that that air of confidence that you just can't buy i think that that that's what sealed it yeah no i i I agree i agree i remember like uh was it uh 2013 when eli had a chance to win that title in uh lights class salt lake city salt lake remember like it's like he forgot how to ride a motorcycle it was the craziest thing ever seen and like yeah but i remember when he first moved up to the 450 class you said like that that's the guy to to watch out for I yeah he was like the, the one guy you were kind of worried about yeah eli um it's because it, it's the same thing like with you like you can't teach somebody how to go that fast exactly you either can go that fast or you can't like but that I, was never my thing i was more smooth i'll get a start not make mistakes but guys like there's been a few you can't teach that speed yeah. You know, like if you need it, you can just dig in the bag and find mm-hmm. that much. That's very rare. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, that's exactly why I'm like, out of all the people I'm like, yeah, he's, he's the one I look at like, all right, like, damn, that's fast on there. And, and, you know, obviously he has some, 
you know, all the demons and stuff. But like you figured it out, I think little Johnny popping out and <laughs> like doing that. But we, we did an interview with him um, on Friday night at Paula. And I, I told him, I was like, because he came in this interview is why, like, I think he'll be all right. I'm like that, like you, you don't, as much as you want to do this stuff. And it is a difference coming half to do something, but he was just like chill, like on there. So I think he kind of knew um, that sense. And again, you can sniff it out like blood and water. Like you smell all spend, that stuff. You spend so your whole life trying to find those mm-hmm. strengths and weaknesses and seeing yeah. what everyone else is feeling without them telling you. So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, Justin smooth criminal, bro. It was good, man. It was good to have you on there. Um, you're good, man. Thank you. You're good. Yeah, you're good. I know it was like an awkward pause, kind of like that Eli kiss that one time, but, and he's still winning people. He's still winning. Um, but no, to be honest, man, I, I, I wish you the best and I ever, ever help. Like I'm here now. We got a chance to like chill and all that. I don't think you get along with my brother, do you? I'm, I'm cool with, I'm cool with everybody pretty much. Raj told me different, but to see how smooth that was. You see, you see that, how you see that head smack? Uh, I, I hey, mean, look. we're talking, that was over a decade ago at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Bygones can be bygones. Yeah. Know? I look, hey, you look deserve you, you, it. Chad, you're, you're friends We're best friends now. If you and like, Chad can you be and cool, Ricky. you and Ricky, anything's possible, you know? Yep. Yeah, anything's possible. Anything possible. But no, man, like keep digging at that. Like I wish you the best. And uh, yeah, I appreciate you coming back on. And now, I mean, shoot, you're only an hour away from this thing too. So yes, sir. And we'll get you back on here. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, Love it. I had a great time. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah. Very cool, man. This is uh, it's my favorite podcast. So for me to make it on here, it's a cool deal, man. It's big for me. Thank oh, you. Appreciate sweet. that. I think I've seen James blush a little bit I over did there. Blush. <laughs> Black people, we do blush. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that was it. I, I Again, I got to thank my guest, uh, Justin Bogle, on here. It was an honor to have him. Um, great conversation. Great conversation. Make sure you got in. What's the album called again? Trust Me, Everything's Fine. Because it is on there. Make sure you go out and get that thing. And, um, you know, we'll be paying attention to you. So, Justin, I appreciate it. Raj, it is good to see you again. I appreciate you coming over from Europe, back over here, stopping. No in problem. FLA, Cole, as always, good job. Thank you. And um, we will see you guys when we see you, whenever that is. I don't know, but it'll be here soon. So, thanks for everybody tuning in. And that was episode number nine, Bubba's World. Have a good day. Trust that time, yeah